This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avô tudo bagaite como assim One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up, Night Nation? On today's show, we recap the huge 35-28 road victory over the Memphis Tigers, the ultimate revenge game versus them. Um, we do a little preview of the huge ranked matchup versus Tulane over in New Orleans coming up this week. We got a big meanwhile to the West. And as always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag. And speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, took its number 25 ranking on the road north to take on their American rivals, the Memphis Tigers. The night struck first when R.J. Harvey patiently picked his way through the Tigers' defense for 22 yards for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Luke1193 for your exact correct guess. You have won a $25 gift card to first watch. DM me for details. After a back-and-forth game, starting quarterback Mikey Keene came through with some clutch dimes, throwing three touchdown passes and leading the Knights to a 7-2 and record. UCF 35, Memphis 28. Yeah, so it was pretty much a back-and-forth game. We exchanged touchdowns with Memphis three times, you know, 7-0, 7-7, 14-7. You know, you get it, 21-21, until finally in the fourth quarter, we scored two touchdowns in a row, you know, with just under five minutes left. Um, it was like the third consecutive really, really nice pass, touchdown pass from Mikey Keene. That put us up 35-21, like I said, with just under five minutes left. Pretty much sealed the game. Memphis scored a late touchdown, but we were able to, uh, you know, r- pretty much run the clock out from there. Um, I think... Uh, was it Alec Holler had that crazy play to get first down on like a, I think it was like third and very long. I, and he like yeah, flipped. I think it was like third and 10, caught it behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he caught it way back and then just did that awesome like flip over the first down. And uh, yeah, but there was a lot to unpack in this game. You know, a, a lot of a lot of stuff kind of went down. Uh, Mikey Keene's first start of the season I guess we'll start there. Um, what were your kind of impressions of his overall performance today? I think he did what he had to do to uh, lead us to victory. Look, he, he's not JRP. He's going to be a game manager, but I think we saw him grow tremendously in this game with his accuracy of his throws. Three touchdown passes, two of which were little uh, Dilford dime action <laughs> where he had to thread the needle to to our receivers. One was to Kobe Hudson, and I believe the other one was to Javon Baker. And between those two throws and a couple key third down conversions, I was just like left speechless. Really, wow was all I could say. Um, the kid just has ice in his veins, man. Like when I'm standing there in front of my living room, like huffing and puffing <laughs> as I normally do during games i'm like oh third and ten here we go like what's gonna happen and he just pulls it out man. 
pulls it out. Now, I will say that only negative I saw, um, there were a few high throws, which miraculously were caught. Um, and I didn't like that he took a couple of bad sacks. Like, where if we had JRP, you feel like he would have scrambled and gotten the first down. But Keen, just like, there's a, there was a lot of plays in that game where I'm like, I saw 10 yards free open in front of him. Where he could have like, ran. Yeah. Run. And he just like will not run. Yeah. I like, know. You're allowed to slide, man. I know you're not fast, but you don't have to be like just, Seth Hennigan yeah. is not fast. Right. We saw that ah, quarterback in Memphis. I think he's kind of fat. Dude, he was, he had double the rushes of anyone else on their team. He had 16, but that's because we just, we can't stop running quarterbacks ever. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I wish he would run it a little bit more, but that's not who he is. And remember, we had the same thing about Dylan Gabriel in, in his freshman year. He just like didn't want to run it. I don't know if it was like post Mackenzie Milton syndrome or what, but you know he takes care of the football. And like you said, I think he really, really like heated up toward the end of the game. And he was he was Mikey Dimes toward the end. Um, just uh, the overall quarterback situation. I mean. Mikey's proved himself. JRP's pretty damn good, too. And I'm not going to get into the debate thing because, honestly, our opinion doesn't matter. But I think the, the way I want to look at it is, like, we're really lucky to, to have two really good quarterbacks. Like, whoever we trot out there, I'm going to feel pretty confident in this two-lane game. They both have their strengths, and they both have their weaknesses. And uh, I think both of their strengths far outweigh their weaknesses. They're two good quarterbacks. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say about Mikey, um, one really bad pick and should have been two. The other one, uh, you know, kind of just got away from him. But you look at the overall performance. I mean, any road game late in the year, you know, especially with a conference rival, pretty tough. And, you know, you can sense that. And just if you look at a lot of the spreads for games throughout college football, you, you could see really good teams going on the road and not getting the love and respect that they had been earlier in the season just because it is on the road. So to win on the road late in the season like this and to play as well as Mikey did and the whole rest of the team, really kudos to everybody. It's the first time we've won on the road in Memphis by more than like four points since 2013. I believe almost 10 years and that game was only decided by a touchdown I mean the the Memphis games are always 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 really tough especially on the road so just walking out of here with the win and it was a comfortable win too even though it was only by a touchdown you know like I said we're up two scores late um yeah it, it was a good road win and you know we needed one of those under our belt after the ECU flop especially heading into our second consecutive big road game versus Tulane this week. Um, I guess back to the game, though, it, Mikey played really well, but R.J. Harvey is just, you know, running away with the RB1 title. Um, a bunch of great touchdown runs. He had that one really long one that wasn't a touchdown but was awesome, and uh, it, it's you know, just I noticed great to see him getting that fed. That's, that's the second time this year. He had another one of those in Temple where – he just like loses steam at the very end. <laughs> like... I don't. I don't think he loses steam. I think 
he's, you know, a six foot, whatever, 200 something plus pound back. And these little 180 DBs, you know, obviously have a higher top speed and they can catch him. I don't, I don't think it's a knock against Harvey necessarily. And I mean, you know, you break out a run that long, there's a lot of time for someone to catch up, but I mean, hey, you know, yeah, if, that's, if that's his only negative, yeah, I mean, the, dude, little freaking, I would just like gu- these have... little Gumby kids are, are chasing him down. They're little track stars. They're not football players. I would just like to have, you know, go back to like the Hypo Frost days where we had those like 60, 70 yard touchdowns like well, all well, the time. Those were, you know, our 165 pound running backs, though, you know, <laughs> but speaking <laughs> that, you of, know, that's very true. That could be Johnny Richardson. But, you know, he got one carry this game. I, I don't understand that. Um, I think it should be more of an equal share between the three. But it can't be, you know, RJ had 17 carries. Bowser had 15. I love Bowser and what he does. And I think it's necessary to put him in there to punish the defense. And, you know, he goes in and bruises him up the middle. And they know they've got to have all hands on deck to stop him. So when he's in and we decide to pass the ball, I feel like it gets the linebackers kind of on their toes moving forward on the play action because they know they're going to really have to get bruised to stop him. And that opens the pass game. But overall, Richardson's got to get more than one carry. I think he's proven you know, his worth so far earlier this year. And he's just going down in carries. I don't know. I mean, it is tough for you know, a guy his size, especially when you have the amount of elite receivers that we have, Johnny, you know, for him to be in on passing downs, most of the time when a running back's in on a passing down, he's not just straight up running a route. He'll either, you know, try like a chip block or he's just you know, in a pass block on yeah. somebody. But, you know, he's so small that he's not really available to to kind of block to protect or like extra protection. I would much rather have Harvey or Bowser in the backfield and Bowser as a route runner too is, you know, for what it's worth and the little out routes kind of, you know, helping out keen if he gets under pressure. I mean, we just have safety valve. Yeah. I mean, we just have a stable of backs and, you know, the only reason why Johnny was thrust into the spotlight last year was because of injuries so you know he's a very elite running back he's super talented but you know on a team that we have 1a and 1b harvey and bowser it's like it's pretty hard to to get ahead of that yeah that's fair that's fair i just i think he should get more than one carry that's all you know give him five i i don't know but whatever i mean if that's you know my my main negative takeaway from the game, then I, I think it was a, a pretty dang good game. Um, tons of stuff, though, to unwrap from this game. A bunch of, this was a weird, I don't know, was it a full moon or something? So much weird-ass shit went on. Um, let's start with the kick. The kick that ended Colton Boomer's um, perfect, you know, kicking record throughout his college career. I think it was 10 for 10 or 11 for 11. Right before the half, we line up for a 64-yard field goal, and Boomer kicks it maybe, I don't know, it it was at least like barely to the end zone, so 54, probably less, and Memphis takes it back, and we actually give them, you know, they run a couple plays, and we give them the opportunity to kick a field goal before half. We gave them three points. We could have just... 
punted it and pinned them back, and they wouldn't have been anywhere close. But instead, we let them return it to close to midfield. They end up getting a chance and a field goal. The field goal misses, thank God. And at that point, I'm like, I'm just deleting this from my memory. I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen. But, Moo, what what were your thoughts as all this went down? Because I was, um, uh, what's the word? I was flabbergasted. I, I don't think I ever used that word, but I think it's appropriate here. Yeah, so Gus, uh, at halftime, you know, kind of said, oh, we should have never snapped the ball. We were just going to take the delay and punt it, what? see if they could uh, That's... So, okay. see if they could get them offside. So then they, like, snapped the ball, and I think you can kind of see, if you look at the replay, Boomer, like, it's like, uh. <laughs> well, I guess at that <laughs> point you do snapped, have to kick it. He, he had to try, you know. Yeah, but I feel so, like if you're not, if you got a kick, like, you know, by far a career-long field goal, and you're not ready for it to be snapped, and then they're just like, oh, kick it. Like, there's no way you've got the full head of steam. But yeah. here's what I'll say about that, though. Regardless of what should have happened, I don't like Gus's answer there. I think you say that's on me. Because even if it, it also wasn't... could be a cop-out for, like, a really bad decision. <laughs> it could be, like, but... Like, what do you say? Oh, they, uh... I yeah, I guess. I get it. You're not gonna... Yeah, you're not gonna say that, um... I don't know. I think what he said it made everyone go, "Oh, okay, oh yeah." But here's the thing: was Boomer making 64 yarders or like even close during pregame warmups? And it would be different if there was. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find. We need some info on that. Or it'd be different if there was like you know 10 seconds left on the clock. So even if they returned it pretty far, it wouldn't have mattered. I I don't know. But in my opinion, I just think Gus should have been like, you know what? That's on me. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it is. Even if the guy wasn't supposed to snap it, like, take the fall, Gus. You're the coach. I don't know. But I guess we'll never know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to do some more digging into that. But, um, all right, another crazy play. How about that interception that the guy tipped around, like, <laughs> five times off of himself, off of his helmet, and then, like, four of our guys caught it, and then there was, like, a huge scrum, and then a bunch of our guys were getting into it, and that big – huge D lineman Lee Harvey just like grabbed two of our guys and ripped them out of fights at once that was an awesome clip yeah I mean yet another red zone stop uh for the UCF defense you know they're I don't understand why we just give up everything before we get to the 20 (laughs) and then we're just like a stone cold wall it feels lucky kind of I mean that play was lucky at least I don't know how it didn't hit the ground is it lucky though? I don't know. You know how I always talk about the turnover margin and everything, right? And yeah. yet again, this game we lost the turnover battle. No, no, we didn't. They had two. We had one. Oh, why did I write that then? Because you're reading my you're, notes. <laughs> it's been cemented in your notes from every week. <laughs> yeah, minus it was two to five. One. Minus five in the turnover margin uh, for the season. Remember my stat at the beginning of the year? We've had five seasons in a row where we've been plus in the turnover margin. Uh, Only other teams to do that, Alabama, Ohio State, and I believe Iowa. So pretty cool little streak I'd like to keep. We have three games left to uh, be plus five in the turnover margin. But speaking of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the hidden turnovers that I think we've been getting. So without getting these turnovers, I kind of looked 
like what's our fourth down you know percentage because technically like it's in the name it's turnover yeah on downs yeah right so opponents have gone for it on fourth down against ucf 21 times this year seems like a lot you know because yeah. well when you're winning been games, down and get yeah. well we've been down in in a lot of games True. uh three four maybe and um yeah, we were even down in temp against Temple. So, tw- uh, twenty-one times they've gone for it on fourth down. We've stopped them fifteen times. Wow, seventh best in the country. So if you think about it that way, it's really fifteen extra turnovers. Yeah, turnover on downs that we've gotten, and on top of that, the red zone defense. Wait, when but. You- how how many times have we turned it over on downs? Because you got to subtract that for like net. Ah, so there you go. Also have that stat looked up. <laughs> the offense, however, has gone for it eleven times on fourth down, gotten it eight. Wow. So eight okay. of eleven on fourth down. So maybe third down is not the money down anymore for UCF. It's the, the fourth down. The money move down, but so that means um, net turnovers from fourth down were plus seven which means overall turnover margin were plus two nice nice research moo no 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 no. we've only given it up three times but we've gotten it oh so plus 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 12 12. okay yeah i did that backwards so really we're plus seven oh dude all day all right i like that nice spin moo basically money right yeah sorry go back to the red zone okay so when you add that into the red zone attempts teams have gotten into the red zone 36 times against ucf they've scored only 22 times so that's pretty incredible 14 times this year people have gotten in the red zone and gotten absolutely nothing that's insane now, they've only scored normally it's like 85 90 percent i think and they've only scored a touchdown on 12 of those 36. That's insane. It's a 33 So to be 33%. inside the 20 and you only have a 33% chance of scoring a touchdown, that's unbelievable. Obviously, number one in the country for that, for red zone D. But and uh, that also means, though, that like if we just didn't have good red zone D, that we'd be like five and four. Or six and six, like I said a few <laughs> games ago. What would so I just so I hope there's no luck? regression. Yeah, I don't know. Is that luck or is it skill? I don't know. This late in the year, I would assume it's skill. Yeah, I mean, you know, one or two games in, it's luck, but like luck over time consistently is skill. I think, right? I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty incredible stats, but that kind of like. And I don't know if we're done talking about the the Memphis game, but that kind of le- leads me into I, the right. Tulane. I got one other thing real quick. Um, okay, go ahead. The targeting call with their like, jolly blue giant tight end guy just going after everyone. What did you think of that? Because I said I thought it was kind of BS just because I, like, I don't know what the rule is. Like I thought he was just blocking people. And like I don't know, when you block, you kind of leave with your helmet. Like It's not like he was launching. But no, I got a no. lot of I got a lot of pushback. I also I didn't have I had the game on mute, so I, I didn't know like what really was going on. I just watched the replay a couple times, and I got corrected by like twenty people at once on Twitter saying I was wrong. But what were your overall thoughts on that? Because I I clearly was wrong. Well, yeah, the commentators were saying, "Oh no, that's just blocking. That's just blocking." No, this guy was out for blood. 
This guy was out to injure somebody. And it wasn't just, you know, the first hit on Gene Baptiste. He, like, bulldozed Gene Baptiste and then went to some... I forgot the second guy he hit. It was the same exact hit, the same angle of his helmet. It was a dirty play, in my opinion. Oh, see, that's, that's, Very dirty that's play. fair. I wasn't... Like I said, I, I, I don't remember what I was doing. It was something else, and I had to have the game on mute. So, like, I... I didn't really know what was going on, but uh sounds like I sided with the announcers, but that was wrong. So, all right, cool. I, I just noticed, I'm like, all right, this is just some big guy, and he's, like, hitting people. I mean, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe I don't know what's happening. I mean, you're supposed is, to be blocking. He was out there just trying to mow people over. Well, isn't that what blocking is when you're moving? I mean, you like, have to use your hands. Oh. He was using his head. Do you not use your hands when you block? I don't know. I've never played football, but I kind of know. Like When you're running and block, I think you just put your head down and you put it in the guy's chest from what I remember. That was like considered a good block, and your hands kind of come up behind you. But I'm also – that seemed, guy was huge. dirty to me. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we're not going to figure this out. So let's move on. Huge game. Uh, the college football – Playoff rankings are not out yet. This it's 4:20 p.m. Eastern time. That comes out at seven. But as of now, Tulane's number 16 in the AP poll. UCF number 22. So you have to imagine because we were the same AP as college football playoff. That'll be something similar. Anyway, huge implications for this game. And uh, Moo, I'll I'll let you start up where you left off at the end of our uh, our, our Memphis recap. Yeah, I mean, so the Tulane quarterback, Michael Pratt, having a phenomenal year. Um, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in, in the American, and they, they're all se- pretty seasoned, too. I think this is like the second or third year for this guy. Um, but anyway, so, you know, the keys to victory, what, what do I see? Tulane has one loss. They lost to Southern Miss at home, uh, 24-20. And you say, how the hell did this team lose to Southern Miss? 8-1. Pratt threw a late pick six. Game was absolutely dominated by Tulane. They owned the time of possession, yardage, won the turnover battle. Uh, they almost doubled their total yardage. Um, but they really just couldn't capitalize. Tulane now, very interesting fact after what I just said a few minutes ago, they actually go for it on fourth down a lot. Number one reason, they have a really bad kicker. Only attempted six field goals on the year, and a season long is 30. That's it. He's three of six, 30-yard field goal uh, is his longest. Tulane, 12 of 20 on fourth down. Now you think, why would a team that's 8-1 and have to go for it on fourth down so much? So that's the reason, because their kicker sucks, and you know their coach is pretty ballsy. You know, they, try, they they really try to push the envelope, do a lot of cool stuff offensively, a lot of, you know, strange packages and formations and whatnot. So definitely going to give T-Will uh, a run for his money. But on the flip side, Michael Pratt had been sacked 18 times this year, pretty high for uh, the first nine games. So you know T-Will is going to have to bring that heat. Now, will the heat get there or not? That could be the biggest key to the game. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one in Tulane. It's so weird that, like, the conference runs through Tulane. Like, you know, 
we've had a couple off years. Cincinnati kind of took our spot. But just saying that just just sounds weird. I mean, this was a 2-10 and ten team last year. And looking at the schedule, we win this game. We're tied with Tulane with one conference loss. Assume we beat Navy and USF. And we'll host the conference championship game on December 3rd in the bounce house. FBS loans mortgage stadium. But say we beat Tulane, that gives them their first conference loss. And then... Since he beats Tulane on Black Friday, we actually get a Cincy rematch. Again, assuming that we don't lose to shitty teams, we get a Cincy rematch for the conference championship. And then the other scenario would be if we lose to Tulane, that's two conference losses. So we need Tulane to beat Cincinnati on Black Friday, and we would play at Tulane again, rematch in New Orleans December 3rd. Yeah, but what about ECU? ECU has... Oh, they have two? ECU only has two losses. Okay, and never they mind. Would hold the head All right. to head. I figured it out. We just gotta beat Tulane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. really I started thinking about this before the show. I really don't think there's a way there would have to be a lot if we lost this there would have to be a if lot. We, if we lose we, we either need... host it or we don't we're not in yeah, it. Yeah, we I well think. no, if we we lose and then ECU loses a game to someone, and then Cincy beats, or Tulane be- beats Cincy, then we're good. But yeah, no, you're right. We just got to win. We got to win. We got to win. Oh, yeah. Then it would be like the top three teams that have all lost to each other. Yeah. No, somebody else has two losses, too. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. All right, whatever. We just got to win. We could, and this is terrible, like terrible radio. Win, and we're more than likely in. Yeah, definitely. Not overlooking the other games, but just saying, like, probability-wise, this is it. Um, I know a lot of people are traveling to this game. Please have a hurricane for me at Pato's. Unfortunately, I'll be in Deutschland for the Bucks game. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I make a schedule with or I make a spreadsheet with, you know, UCF, obviously, column one. I do the Bucks column two, you know, Bucks season ticket holder. And then I also look at, you know, other interesting college and NFL games that I want to go to. I think I might do 49ers Bucks in San Francisco in December if Kalia Davis is back off IR. Um, you know, Tennessee Bama was one this year. But, you know, it's all kind of it revolves around UCF and then the open weeks after the big games, I fill in with bucks and other stuff. And, you know, when I'm looking at the spreadsheet and the the same row has UCF at Tulane and, you know, the bucks at Seahawks in Germany, as much fun as new Orleans is, I've been there a million times. My sister lives there. I've done two UCF games there. I'm like, you know what? Let's do Germany Tulane two and 10 last year. Like, no brainer. This is going to be a cupcake game <laughs> toward the end of the season. Little did I know uh, the implications that were going to be had. But uh, the cool thing is it will be 9.30, I think, in Germany uh, when the game's on. So I'm either going to have my laptop somewhere. I know Mitch is going. I think Yergi might go. And uh, Christian Falia might be there. So we'll have at least a small UCF crew either watching on my laptop somewhere or I, I, I remember last, last time I was in Germany, I, they like don't even have ESPN. So I doubt, I, I doubt I'll be able to get it on in a bar, That's but we sky might, sports. might have to do a VPN laptop 
uh, little scenario, but either way, it'll be, it'll be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I got. This Tulane team is weird, man. Like you said, uh, they were good two years ago. I don't know what happened last year, but it feels like they built off their like 2020 season and just skipped last year. But, um, I don't know. W- wish I'd be there. My, my freaking sister's going to be there and I'm, I'm not going to be there. That's, uh, just a weird thing to say. Um, she's a two-lane season ticket holder, but um, oh, we might have to do a little friendly bet between you know, me and her brother-in-law. I don't know. Okay, guys, now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves! Picks of the Week. Oh, and two last week. Oh, and moo. Brings my total record to seven and nine on the year. Lost with Clemson. I really just hate Notre Dame. They they just show up when you don't want them to. They don't show up when you want them to. Can never be trusted. Might stay away from Notre Dame forever. You've picked them a lot. I picked against them a lot and they, too. Yeah, <laughs> you're always on the wrong side. And then same thing with Miami. And then There's another one. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, Notre Dame and Miami are like notorious bad. If they're involved in a game you pick, just bet the other side. And then um, I guess this our this could be our meanwhile to the West because uh, I completely forgot to mention that before. Uh, your second pick. Uh, Want to talk about that? Was USF. So basically, I talked last week that I didn't want USF to hit rock bottom because when you hit rock bottom. Stuff starts to change. Well, giving up 50-plus points to Temple, who hasn't scored 50-plus points in over five years, even against FCS teams, basically got Jeff Scott fired. So Jeff bad. Scott bad. no longer there at USF. I think like the special teams coach or whatever is the interim coach. I expect to see a ton of transfers uh, out of the program, but I – I I really don't know where now, dude. I'm telling you, man. This is the best thing for them in a bad way for us. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of transfers because anyone's there, like you said, it's already rock bottom. And the list of names I'm seeing, and apparently they've got deep pockets for this. They've been ready because they know they need a big time coach to come in and make a splash with recruiting, turn the program around, and get the fan base and alumni excited to fund this stadium. So I'm I'm hearing, and I don't think the first one's going to happen, but they're talking about, you know, John Gruden, um, Matt Rule. That would be a huge one, although I think he might get a chance at a bigger program. Um, Scott Frost. I mean, any of these big names would be Willie scary. <laughs> Dude, the Tiger full circle. Hey, <laughs> Tiger did good there, man. The bus. Load up the bus. I mean, they liked him. Willie? they not? Dude, Willie was good. That right, he was the good one, and then he left. And Strong was like okay for a year. Yeah, okay, that's what happened. I always get them mixed up. I don't know, but I mean, if they Willie, if they've got pockets as deep as they're talking about, and they get you know one of these big name type guys in there, man, that could be a rejuvenation. And you know, it can't be worse than Jeff Scott. So I could see a lot of their good players staying, and you know, maybe they could pick up some guys in the transfer portal, but. I don't know. I'm scared, man. I'm officially scared. Not this season, but 
like you said, rock bottom, the only thing that can happen is they go up, and they have not been a threat for the last three years, even though they were four yards away from beating us last year. So, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But for now, we're good, and uh, although, you know, the game on uh, Black Saturday or whatever, anything can happen. But anyway, all right, what do we got this week? We need a little redemption time. All right, here we go. I thought long and hard about this. But then looking at, dude, you know when you're on a bad streak and you like look at every line, you're like, oh, look at that. Oh no, I can see the opposite. Yeah. No wait. No. You gotta stay. So, yeah. Stick true to your I'm, system. I'm staying true to my system. I, if I fail with these two picks, at least, you know, it. it I, I feel good about. I feel good about it. All right. So, first pick, we're gonna take Florida State. Minus six and a half at Syracuse. Look, FSU looked unstoppable against Miami. Miami pretty much gave up, though. Tougher road test here for the Knolls, but Syracuse reeling. Lost three straight since beating NC State. Even lost to unranked Pitt last week. FSU, I think, is just going to run the ball down their throats, even though it's an away game. Still a dome. Not going to uh, matter about the weather. So I say take Jordan Travis and the Knowles minus six and a half with hints of a possible bowl matchup with UCF. I've seen a couple of different places start to talk about the military bowl with Florida State. That would be an epic matchup that, if we don't make it to the Cotton Bowl. That would be sick. Pretty much what's what it's going to be is the the loser of the conference championship is probably going to go to that Fenway Bowl. So... You know, we got to beat pretty much Tulane twice, more than likely, to get to that Cotton Bowl and get smoked by like <laughs> fucking shit. Bama get smoked by Alabama. <laughs> no, dude. Oh, yeah. I, oh man, I just look. I I love this team. And I think we're really good, but at times the way even a team like Memphis could move the ball against us seemingly at will. Again, at times, not all the time, just makes me scared to play. Uh, you know, uh, an opponent with like, I don't know, former Heisman quarterback. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, and it'll be a fun party in Dallas if we do. All right, what's your second pick? Second pick, we're going to take TCU plus plus seven at Texas. TCU quarterback Max Duggan, you know, they played a lot of close games and this year, and they haven't looked – you know, incredibly impressive, but this guy reminds me of Keen, man. He just finds a way to win. I think this is TCU's year. Somebody other than the regular old blue bloods of college football to get into the playoffs. We want this to happen. The future Big 12, uh, you know, rivals here, especially TCU, Texas, maybe for a few more years, who knows? Um, but it, it would just be Good for college football if TCU wins this game. And Great. even if they don't win, if they cover the seven, <laughs> would be good for my picks of the week. Yeah. So that's why I got to go hey, with and, TCU and, and the Horned Frogs. They're second in the country in AP-ranked wins on the season. So this is not a team that's just, you know, coasted through a cupcake schedule like some of the other possibly, you know, top-rated, top-ten teams. I mean— They've had a lot of tough games, and the fact that they're giving them seven points versus Texas, uh, I, I I tend to agree with you on this one. Um, 
Uh, what what's your other pick? That was it. Got two. Sticking with two oh, every uh, every yeah. week. No, I just um yeah okay. So let's recap them real quick. Zoned Got Florida State minus six and a half at Syracuse and TCU plus seven at Texas. Let's, let's get, get that, that money. money. Oof, a little off. I, I give it like a six out of ten. We're on a hot streak there. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. Someone sent me a DM on Instagram the other day and asking, they're like, hey, how do we submit? And I just realized we never say on the show how to submit the questions. Every, uh, usually Tuesday on Twitter, I, I put out a tweet saying, you know, recording new One Night Stand with Money Moo tonight. Give a little topic breakdown and say, please submit your questions. And I also say, usually, you know, they don't have to be football related. We'll talk about anything. You know, if you got, uh, I don't need real estate, women advice, whatever. We'll answer anything, but they're usually our football. But anyway, so be sure to follow me on Twitter. It's at UCF underscore problems. Turn on the notifications. And every Monday or Tuesday, I'll put out that tweet. So for those of you that aren't on Twitter, that's how you submit the questions. Anyway. Thank you for submitting. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. All right. Um, first question here. Oh, got a bunch of good ones this week. All right. First question from Mr. Dan Cundiff, the Dalmatian rescuer. Good guy. Has there ever been a successful college two-quarterback system slash team? If anyone could do it, I would have to think Coach Gus Malzahn would be the one. I think this is well, a good, yeah, good question one, for Moo. I know, I know what you're going to say. I can think of one right off the top of my head. The old Florida Gators back in yep. 06, 07. Chris Leak, Tim Tebow. I don't remember like the actual snap count. If it was like, wasn't anywhere near 50-50, but it's sort of the same. Eh, it's not really the same thing we have here. I mean, Leak was obviously a better passer than Tebow was. But he wasn't when like he was there. He wasn't like out of this world good. And I'm not saying Mikey's not good, but he was the better passer. Eh, maybe not, but he was the older, more experienced, consistent guy. I would say. And then Tebow came in as just like the change of pace bruiser, which GRP's not, but he has his own qualities that are different from Mikey. What do you think about Bowser though? We didn't even talk about that. Oh yeah, Bowser, Bowser little name in the jump in the pass, ring. the jump pass. They're in between this quarterback controversy, saying "ho ho ho, hold up." The jump, the jump, Bowser. One for one with a tutty. Yeah, I like that. That was that was a great play. You know, I think I texted you this. I was like, when they did the wild Bowser from like the six yard line, I'm like, eh, something's up here. This is. This is out of Bowser's like two to three yard guaranteed range. And, you know, I kind of nailed it. He uh, it was not a run. It was a jump pass. And it was awesome. It was awesome because now that's on tape. It's like literally every team that we play from now on and we go wild Bowser, you have to respect that. Yep. Like you have to respect that jump pass, even on like a fourth and one or something midfield. I feel like you could do that. Yep. So that's going to be at least one person not in the box because they're going to be defending that. And everyone else is just going to be a little bit on their heels as opposed to their toes, wondering if it could be time for another jump Bowser pass. I agree. Um, 
And then, you know, you answer that perfectly. The Gators are the best example. I can't think of another one, but I think a, you know, I think a change of pace, JRP coming in for a little bit, I don't think it's the worst thing. I kind of don't like breaking the momentum, but again, they both have their strengths. And I mean, JRP is just such an excellent runner. And, you know, you could throw him in there for a couple design runs and then just zing them with a pass as they're crowding the box. So I don't know. But, you know, like I always say, I trust in Gus. Uh, all right, Moo, you're up. What do you got? Next question is from Bobby K. When can we get Squints back on to review Mikey versus JRP performance from tape review? And what type of away crowd do we get in NOLA? Yeah, we need to get Squints on big time. Um, we'll, we'll get on that. And what type of away crowd? I think this is going to be by far our most attended away game of the season. One, it's the best destination. Well, besides Tampa, obviously, but that's a de facto home game. Memphis, tough to get to, not that fun. Um, Greenville, I don't even know which Carolina that's in. Again, not that fun. New Orleans, awesome, a premier destination. Going to be sad to be leaving that behind in the American Conference, but I think we're going to have a huge turnout, although I think Tulane is going to have a good turnout too. Yeah, I I think um, you hit the nail on the head. Everyone that I've talked to is like, Oh, that that's the away game to go to. That's the one to go to. And you know, their stadium's so small that the effect of us being there um will just be magnified too. I think Tulane is you know, they've never really been that big of a football school and you know, you've been there before. So it's like even if it is a big game, are they really selling it out? I, like, I are they really packing the stands? Well, I think this game probably just because it's later in the season but i don't i don't think they have so far um yeah all right next one from golden knight 2 kind of similar theme with this question he asks what aac team will you miss playing against and which team won't you miss i think the one i will miss is memphis because even though it's so damn nerve-wracking every time we play them like the end result is always fun. I mean, what do you want in a football game? Do you want to just be up 59 nothing and, you know, kick back? No, you want, like, a back and forth. Like, that's what makes it fun. So every game we played against Memphis in, like, the last five, six years has been back and forth, roller coaster. You know, they've all, out of all those times, they only got us once. And by one point, you know? Yeah. So I, I think for having the thrill and all that, that's the one I'm going to miss the most. The one I won't miss, uh, probably Tulsa, because every one of those games just suck. Like, we're double-digit favorites. I think they beat us as a double-digit underdog, like two or three times. Their fans suck because they basically have none. The school enrollment is like 2,000 kids. Um, <laughs> so, like, 20% of the schools <laughs> on the football team. Yeah, it, it makes no sense why this team is even Division One. I, I don't understand. Um, so, anyway, I will not miss that freaking team. I hate them. Aren't they the Hurricanes? And they're, like... Golden Hurricanes. And they're in the middle of the country in, like, Tornado Central. I remember I was at a wedding in Tulsa, and, like, three days later, the town or the place I was staying got leveled by a tornado. Um which sucks, but it's just a weird mascot thing. Yeah, so 
at first, my answer for a team we're going to miss playing was going to be Temple, just because it's always nice having a cupcake, cupcake blowout. But then when you started talking about Memphis and how close and good those games were, it kind of made me think that, you know, I, yeah, it's going to be – it's always nice having blowout games, but beating Temple adds nothing to our strength of schedule, our resume. Beating Memphis does, and you're right. Those have always been great games. So I, I think that's a great answer. Tulsa is the obvious answer. I hate playing them. Um, they're also a team that it's like if you beat them, it doesn't do anything. But if you lose to them, it's awful because you lost to crappy Tulsa. So that's just playing Tulsa has always been a lose-lose. Um, but I'm going to miss playing USF, man. I'm not going to lie. You know, love them, hate them, whatever. It's our freaking rival. Um, I'm going to miss playing them. It's been a fun tradition. It's fun going back and forth with them on Twitter, and I know we always will, but, you know, alternating between Tampa and Orlando every year, it's always fun taking a trip to Tampa, you know, a little drive west. So um, I'm going to miss the whole conference in general, you know. it's uh, We've been very, very spoiled to have – all of our conference opponents, besides like ECU, are in kind of major cities. So they're easy games to get to. Now, even from Orlando, it's always going to be a connecting flight to get these little podunk college towns. But at the same time, it's going to be, you know, 10 or 8 or whatever awesome new places to check out. And uh, it's going to be good. But I'm, I'm still going to miss, you know, uh, all of the teams that we're not playing anymore besides Tulsa. For sure. All right. So next question is from ryan so do you guys think we'll go with mikey keen again as starter or starter by committee rotating jrp and mikey in and out of the game on certain offensive packages considering what the two-lane defense throws at us love the show by the way thanks ryan uh leave us a review while while you're listening to our answer thank you though um that's tough you know just reading that and i've been kind of saying all along that i think it's mikey's job now I think he kind of cemented it with that win and great performance, even though it was, you know, not the best in the beginning last week versus Memphis. But Gus always tries to get cute, and I could see him just starting JRP. To be honest, I have no clue, but I'll just reiterate what I said earlier in the show that no matter who trots out there, you know, after the first kickoff on our first drive, I'm very confident in both of their abilities. Um, if I, you know, gun to my head had to guess, I'd say Mikey, but at the same time, you never know with this Gus guy. Moo? Yeah, com- almost the same answer. I think Gus tries to get too cute. Uh, Auburn fan that I talked to at work has a good term for it, gussing it up. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I like so- that. <laughs> so, you know, it- it's bound to happen probably. I-, I don't know. He's been all coach Auburn a lot longer than he has at UCF. Maybe he's changed his ways. But I can definitely see this happening. Uh, Do I want it to happen? No. I think, you know, football seasons play out, you know, much differently than everyone expects day one or in preseason. And you got to follow the trends. Right now, the trends are very high. Uh, The stock is very high with Keen. And I think you got to ride the hot hand. All right. This next one from UCF Jaguar. What's up, Dalton? He asks, what is your biggest worry about the team going forward? Uh, for me, it's got to be the defensive injuries. Seemed like a ton of guys got knocked out of the game. 
last week. Do you have any updates? I'm really bad at keeping up with this. No, I just I haven't had time, honestly. That's a legit concern. My biggest concern, kind of a different angle at this, but my biggest concern has got to be possible red zone defense regression, like I mentioned earlier. You know, is it luck or is it skill? I want to say it's skill, but, you know, like I said, man, if if a couple less red zone stops or turnovers and, and we could easily be not 7-2 and two, but 5-4 and four or 4-5. and five. Uh, But at the same time, talent-wise, we were way better than Tulane. Um, but, you know, anything can happen in college football. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so the next question, sort of the same question, but this one's from Marquise. Who's out this weekend? What offense gives us the best chance of winning, and how does our D get more pressure? We seem to win when running for 200-plus yards. Well, I mean, that could also go game script, though. It's like when you're winning, you do tend to run the ball more, and when you're losing, you tend to pass to try and catch up and waste less clock. Um, As far as the offense, I don't know, man. I don't know enough about Tulane necessarily. I think – I don't know. You know, is it the JRP – RPO or is it the Mikey Keene more traditional? I, I have no idea, man. That that is a good question. I wish I could answer that. Uh, I guess that kind of piggybacks on you know maybe getting squints here on an episode soon. So what do you think, Moo? You know their defense is good. Uh, I'm looking at just you know they're kind of mixed between passing yards that are allowed and rushing yards allowed. They're only giving up 127 yards a game, pretty close to us, which we only give up 121. And I feel like our rush defense is pretty stout so again like you said it, it, it relies a lot on game script and what's you know how we react to that uh how does our d get more pressure i think we got to be more consistent with the blitzing i i think that you know t will did a good job uh against memphis i think he even did a good job against east carolina but we just they were getting the ball out way way too fast like yeah the, these these quarterbacks i don't understand like a lot a like lot of quarterback we were blitzing and, or something and a lot of quarterback runs which kind of counter that um they kind of counter the blitz too next question from let's bounce aka ucf guido college game day returns to austin again in same again in same season versus new orleans for the same time i fucked that up all right <laughs> it's not even a question. I know, I know, but don't even read that. Well, no, I, well, Guido, no, I know. I, no, and it's not that. I, I forgot to mention college game day earlier. Oh. I wanted to like complain about it, and okay. I forgot. No, all right. So I'll just go, even though I butchered the question because it wasn't even a question. But I agree. They've already been to Texas once this year. They've never been to Tulane. Most people haven't been to Tulane. They don't even know there's a college in New Orleans. It's complete BS. They could have set up – I mean, Tulane's campus is kind of cool, but, like, I feel like they could do a Bourbon Street set up that would have just been epic. I don't know, but whatever. You know, maybe they'll come back for the conference championship or something. I don't know, but I'm definitely pissed about that, so I'm glad you mentioned it even though it wasn't a question. I'm kind of mad too, but the thing is, is that, like, for – I mean, it would have been a lot because I feel like a lot of our fans would have gone to the actual, you know, tape or the uh, production of the show. Yeah. But as far as, like, I mean, think about when we played Cincinnati. How much did they really talk about Cincinnati? 
almost none. Like yeah. they don't really talk about the away team highlight two lanes ever. Yeah, it, it it would all have been about two lanes. So I guess I'm a little ticked off that they didn't come, but yeah, I'm not. It, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, if it's an away game for me, it would have been cool. I, I'm more pissed that we lost the ECU, but whatever. <laughs> All right, next question is from Steve George. Neither of my two questions from last week were answered. WTF, that's the question. Okay, I apologize, Steve. We've been getting a lot of questions, but your only question from last week was, is Gus dumb enough to start JRP rest of the season? And we ignored that. Um, But you did have one that we forgot to answer two weeks ago. I'm impressed you yeah. took the time to look no, this I know. up. It was uh, with with our AAC chapter coming to a close, what was your favorite away game trip slash opponent campus you traveled to? And that was a good question. I apologize for missing that. That's why I wanted to touch base on it. Um, hmm. AAC. You know, I, I don't think I've been to an away nope. AAC game other than USF. <laughs> I really don't. So Usually I go to one away game, but... Nah, I can't think. I haven't been Moo, to one. not a real fan. But he's also a dad. <laughs> All right. I've been, I think, half of them. So I've been to Tulane. That was great. Twice. Cincinnati twice. Cincinnati's amazing. Love Cincinnati. Um, so that's going to take – I'm going to, like, do this live. I haven't been to Houston or ECU. SMU once. I was all right. Haven't been to Navy. Been to Memphis twice. Um, don't want to talk about that. Haven't been to Temple or Tulsa. Wow, so I kind of missed a bunch of them. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati by far. Uh, just a very, very cool city. Tulane's obviously cool because it's New Orleans, but the campus or, and stadium is literally nothing. It's like a it's like a really nice high school stadium. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry for missing your question. So there we go. Call it even. All right, next question's from Nathan Kengel. Keen is the better quarterback. JRP is the better athlete. Should Gus keep Keen at quarterback and use JRP as a Bowser light package and then use Bowser for goal line and short yardage? I mean, again, it's tough to say, but my opinion is you just got to ride with the hot hand. I feel like I don't know if he has a package made for JRP not to be the quarterback. You know, if he's lined up somewhere else or or maybe there is one with Keen on the wideout. I don't think there's enough time for the defense to be like, oh, wait, the the other quarterback is out here on the, on the end. He could throw it. Like, I mean, you just right. line up and you guard the guy in front of you, do you not? Yeah. I feel like we could do some cool two-quarterback stuff. Or, I mean, a JRP package would just be kind of the same like RPO stuff we were running with him before. I don't know, man. Like, we, we don't know that much about football besides, like, what we watch and observe and just, you know, over time. I have no idea. I mean, Gus likes to get cute. What better way to get cute when you've got two pretty good quarterbacks? Um, all right. Last question, Moo, and then we'll wrap it up. I got to go. Last question from Christian Schamber. If we make a New Year's Six Bowl, who in the top 15 would you like to have a matchup with? All right. Let me Google here. What's the worst team in the top 15? <laughs> I mean, as of now, you know, Bama would be fun. You know, Penn State. Get smoked. I, I, I don't know. USC. 
UCLA, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Probably the worst team. UNC is probably the worst one right now, but all these teams kind of sound good. We're just going to be happy to be there is what I would say. Moo, you got anyone you'd prefer? I mean, I would prefer Bama, but maybe not this year. Uh, <laughs> Dude, because I know, like, we're never gonna hear the end of it. Just like the Gators, like, but reversed. Uh, we could yeah. win, though. Dude, imagine I how many trick me, plays. <laughs> yeah, let me reverse the question and like, who do I not want to play? Like, I don't want to play like any of the West Coast teams. Like, UCLA, UCF, Cotton Bowl is not really like, you know, getting me going. Neither is USC. Yeah. But, like, if we could get, like, a two-loss SEC team or, like, the loser of the – or, like, if TCU loses one or maybe even two, I don't know. Just – I don't want to play stupid UCLA. I don't want to play USC. Like, Oregon could be cool. Or maybe if Notre Dame wins a couple more, they'll get back up there. But I think they have four losses, though. I know they only have three. Dude, no, no, no. Do not put a three-loss Notre Dame team – in the Cotton Bowl, please, God. Nah, there's no way. I hope no they don't. Way. There's no way. It is a possibility. But don't they still have they still have somebody big? I think they still have USC on their schedule. Yeah, they're no, they're they're out. Oof. They're out. Oof. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I don't know, here. man. I mean that would be if they beat USC, that would be four top twenty five wins for them. It'd be BYU, who, you know, I think it's like three and six now. Yeah. Syracuse, who sucks. And uh, Clemson, just saying, it's a possibility. Would not want to see that uh, outcome either. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, I went to first watch this morning. Had a couple new items. Well, not new, but new for me. Had the Trailblazer Bowl, which is probably like the healthiest thing they have on the menu it's just like scrambled eggs sweet potatoes little spinach avocado and some shredded turkey and the uh the cranberry crush juice drink with the uh little vitamin infused edition for 99 cents very very good uh moo it's like a bowl of health yeah i know well i'm going to the bahamas in two weeks and i was at 199.6 yesterday morning on the scale i'm I haven't been 200 since COVID, although I put on some muscle, so I'm not all chunky, but uh, I'd like to, you know, not get to 200 again in my life. So here we are, <laughs> cracking down on the last minute. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm a creature of habit, so it's Keep tough to get away from some of my <laughs> it's tough to get away from some of my favorites, the old market hash and uh, the chicky changa, tried and true, tried many times, very true. And, uh, you know, it's just a great overall experience. Let me some first watch. And it's cool. A lot of the players, you know, seem to like first watch too. O'Keefe, Devontae Brown, NFL prospect. Yeah, definitely. Hey, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we love eating there. We're not just saying that. Like, it's really good food. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're opening new stores everywhere. I forgot who it was, but somebody... About a month ago, won the uh, first score contest, and they sent me their address so I could send them the gift card. And they live, like, somewhere in Kansas City. And I'm like, well, do they even have first watch there? He's like, yeah, they just opened one, like, two blocks from my house. So I was like, oh, well, it's crazy. I had no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember first watch back in the day, like way pre Tommaso era. It was just your average breakfast spot. I mean, it was good, but it's just like, you know, bacon, eggs, pancakes, like they didn't have all this like kind of gourmetish stuff. And now they have it and it's way cheaper than, you know, going to like a fancy breakfast spot. It's really yeah. good food. And they still have the basic stuff if you want it too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just need something, you know, I need a step above the like regular chain kind of stuff, you know, the Denny's, right? This is no D word. This blows Denny's out of the water. Are you kidding me? Yep. The Denny's, Perkins, and Bob Evans is all like. That's like the par. This is the yeah. eagle. The eagle. Hole in one. <laughs> the hole in one breakfast and lunch spot, baby. Let's go. Yeah. No, all right. Awesome stuff. All right. What else you got? That's pretty much it. Three thirty game time. Two thirty for you Central folks. Nine thirty Germany. Yeah, so how how are you going to watch this in Germany? I don't know. I remember last time I was there, like, they don't have ESPN even. Um, I'll probably have to – is it on ESPN or two? Two. Two. Oh, yeah, they're, I'm definitely not going to be able to get it. I'm probably going to have to go laptop with ESPN Plus and VPN combination. Um, anyone that's been paying attention for the last – I don't know whatever years knows that like I always have trouble streaming. So I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be complaining on Twitter about not being able to watch it, but we'll try and figure it out. Um, I'm, I'll be over there for the Seahawks bucks game, which is I think at three thirty Germany time or um, maybe nine. Yeah, I think they're six hours ahead, nine thirty this time. Um, I'm rooting for a track meet. I need something like, 48 45 bucks starting Dude, the bucks is suck the bucks have sucked and the seahawks are actually good and honestly like i would bet seahawks money line i think it's plus 140 but i don't know i feel like the bucks are due but i've been saying that since week two and um they've still kind of sucked every game's kind of been the same and they just happen to squeak one out last week against the rams but maybe they'll get it together i don't know they just don't have an offensive line defense look good um yeah Dude, our fantasy seasons are on the line. Me and you right now battling for the last and final playoff spot. Yeah. Um, I'm what? I think I'm come down to the end. I think I'm four and four and we're both four and five. Four and five. Pretty I'm terrible, but we're both like second. We're second and third in, in points scored. scored. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's awful, man. But like now every game really, really matters. So hopefully we both can squeak into the playoffs and then we'll probably just get whooped by Higgins. But whatever. Did you get the spread on this game? What is it, Tulane minus two, something like that? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Completely forgot to talk about this. Yeah, the spread on this game came out. Originally, it was Tulane minus one. Already bet down to Tulane minus two. Now, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at UCF, where every Sunday morning, first thing I do when I wake up, is I put together my projected betting lines uh for the rest of the season there's only three games left um so right now i projected this line to be ucf favored so ucf minus one so the difference between my projected line and the actual line for me to place a bet would have to be at least seven points only a three-point difference here so i cannot give the blessing to bet on ucf this week Hey, you didn't last week. It's going to be a close game. I still had a bunch of one, so whatever. Yeah. 
I mean, it's going to be a close game. I thought it was going to be UCF minus one, the Tulane minus two. I think it's going to come down to a field goal again. I, I said this about Memphis, and you said that about ECU I too. Almost did. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think this is going to be a really close game. Hopefully, they carry Boomer off the field. I mean, it's the third week in a row that I've said they're going to do this, so hopefully, it comes true. Yeah. Hey, if you guess the same thing enough, uh, eventually it will. So when that, whenever Boomer gets carried off in the next three and a half years. We'll say, hey, Money Moo had it first. One night stand exclusive. Um, all right. Yeah. Go to the game. If you're in New Orleans, have a hurricane at Paddo's, but only have one because you will black out. It's like 90% liquor. And I don't know how it tastes good, but they're good. Uh, yeah. Have fun. Be safe. And go to First Watch and go Knights. Charge on. Nation. Nation. Nation.